Welcome to Tech at Lunch, the podcast that satisfies your hunger for all things tech while you enjoy your midday meal. So grab your sandwich, tune in, and let's dig in. Hello, I'm Nick. Hello, I'm Ed. Hey, I'm John. And, you know, you hear that we got, uh, you know, Champ back with us. So, you know, and what that means is we're going to do a little bit of a recap from, uh, from last week. Um, and pretty much we talked about um, rapid prototyping and uh, STEM education. Mm-hmm. So, um, I don't know. I know you're spending time with family and, you know, weren't feeling good. Yeah. Um, I don't know if you had a chance to, to listen in. Yeah, yeah, um, I, I heard a little bit of what you guys are talking about. I mean, for, for, for the little bit there, like, you guys kind of um, were talking on sustainability on, on a lot of the things. Um, a, a big part of, of what I'm looking for, especially with rapid prototyping, is the fact that, um, you know, what is the prototype you're trying to set up? Is it for mm-hmm. uh, a project for, you know, something that you're going to be using? Or is it, like, just to learn a process? Like, mm-hmm. or, or is it just to see... You know what do we call them? pipe cleaners? Just mm-hmm. to see if your process fits, if 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 whatever the you're checking dimensions. It? Yeah. So it's for me. I think the sustainability around three D printing is is so huge because we could we could you know essentially we've talked about it before and break down the model and you know get all the bits and and put it into another like pelletized form and mm-hmm. then run it again and go again. Um, at the end of the day, most of these most of these things are very cheaply made, and if you're making it out of like PLA, you know it's biodegradable, so mm-hmm. you you may not have to do as many sustainability steps in taking care of these things. But for me, rapid prototyping is huge. I mean, it's it's ha- it's it's necessary for us to. We talk. Uh, we we probably heard the term agile in a lot of you know computerized like the software side. But if you want to continuously upgrade and continuously improve. You've got to do it. So for me, I, I think that it goes without saying that you know teaching teaching that scientific method and teaching that quick thinking, that critical thinking, and problem solving um, in in a STEM level. You mm-hmm. know, what is it like second to like eighth grade? Starting yeah. there, mm-hmm. you start building a a way to solve problems instead of just a way to find problems. Because what mm-hmm. I've seen in a lot of education is it's this is where you find the problem where you're stuck. And then that's the end of it. Instead of saying like, okay, this is how you find you, you're stuck. This is how you find your way out. Yeah. Like this is how you find, um, this is how you do this process. This is how you mm-hmm. change it to make it make sense to you. And then from that, because that's how I learned math. Like mm-hmm. you know, I do it my own way. And if it came up with a different answer, that's not how math works. Go and try it again. Yeah, we keep on moving. But you, you take that into account with three D printing and. Yeah, it's there's just so yeah. much that you can do. You just take your imagination and you can really make whatever yeah. you want. Makes sense. And you know, the thing is, is that's kind of why we do these kind of wrap ups a little bit when somebody's not here and they jump in and you know give us their their, their point of view. Yeah. And the thing is, is I don't know. Um, I hate to curtail what we're talking about today, but I don't know if you've seen one of the uh, recent episodes on the YouTube channel CNC Kitchen. Um, he actually has a open source pellet uh, or open source. Um, um, uh, filament recycler. Okay. So when you grind down the filament, you throw it in there, and it actually roll puts on a roll for you. Oh, so it respools. It respools and everything for you. Yeah. That's pretty impressive. I mean, that's sustainability. That's right. That's in my mind. That's what I would have pictured as like, okay, failed print. Failed print goes in. You know, this. You know, purple bin, blue bin, whatever you want to call it, and then this bin goes back around. 
goes into this. Uh, like we have a has, like a, we could do a hazmat type station. Mm-hmm. Like if you if you know if it's chemicals that can be, you know, just exposed to the environment like that, or if it's PLA or PET G or something like that, then you gotta have a process to like reuse it. it. Yeah, how to, like it's got. Yeah. To me, I I reheat and make my pet uh, G prints malleable with a heat gun just mm. constantly and reform if, if something doesn't fit right. So I I would assume that it's just that easy just to get it back to a temperature mm-hmm. and then spool it again. Well, it, yeah, it it, it, you cut it into pellets and you throw it in this little thing and it spins it and shoots yeah. it out as, as a stream. Right. It's actually pretty cool. But, you know, and that whole thing kind of leads us into, you know, this week's, you know, kind of topic that we want to talk about is, you know, MCUs and... Uh, I guess you'd say I guess we'd say the, the electrical per- peripherals of a, of a printer or CNC machine or or anything like that, you know, of say advanced manufacturing, um, and you know the, the sustainability portion of that. You know, we're talking um, you know e waste, um, you know, recycling if you need to recycle it, or using it for a secondary purpose that's yeah. not used in its current purpose. Maybe I would say one of the things that I see is uh, a gap in any type of things when we start talking about repurposing or we talk about recycling or um, renewal. Mm -hmm. What I've seen is, is, say in automotive, if you um, purchase a battery, you can return the faulty battery Mm -hmm. for a new battery and get a core charge. Maybe maybe an idea would be that if you buy the, the filament from a certain manufacturer, at this point, because everybody has their own way of doing things, that if you send us back this amount and it's and it's sorted, we'll give you a box. You know, you send the box to us, and then we'll give you a percentage for doing that recycling mm-hmm. for us. Or maybe we have to look at the formulation of the material mm-hmm. so that the material itself is easily broken back down into raw raw materials to yeah, be reprocessed. Easier, yeah. but s- it should be uniform. It, it has yeah. to be. It, the industry has to adopt. This. Right. So here's the reason why I agree with you. Uh, and yes, filamentum does this. They they reuse, they upcycle yeah. um, things and make you know uh, make them into usable filament. But my my one gripe would be I think it needs to be more proprietary or brand based because like uh, for instance 3D Solutech is, is a brand that I print with a lot. Eastun is another popular brand. Mm-hmm. They both make PLA. Their PLA consistencies are not the same. So my thing is I, I'm pretty sure there's not just Filamentum but a couple other mm-hmm. like smaller startups and things like that that they let's say you send me uh, three bags of PLA doesn't matter what brands they are you're gonna get back something that looks like uh, an amalgamation of all these colors but it's gonna be technically PLA when you get it yeah. back. Yeah. And I think that the problem is is that in a lot of cases y- you risk because you're creating a new you're creating a new material, mm-hmm. a new polymer mm-hmm. because you're mixing two other ones and, and in some cases the mixture isn't as clean. But for for the most part it, you it's like diminishing returns. For the yeah. most part you can still use it and and if you're not using it for impact prints, of course PLA please don't use that for any impact prints or weight carrying or anything in the sun <laughs> right. uh, but yeah you de- it'll degrade it so like right. if ABS I'm using or, or TPU right. mm-hmm. uh, it'll still be rubbery but it probably won't have the same consistency just like how you have a rubber band that becomes brittle after mm-hmm. some right. time so here's the, here's what I 
I still feel like this. That's the problem. Yeah. There should not be a different formulation for PLA. Yeah. There mm-hmm. should be a ISO standard or something that say PLA has to consist of this. ABS has to consist of this because we want everything to be renewable. We want everything to be able to be upcycled. This is the new standard, uh, and if you do not follow these standards, then you have to pay some green, yeah. e-green, or what, whatever think, we do, well, you, yeah. e-waste or whatever. Mm-hmm. I, in my opinion, that's the problem. Well, I don't think we it's, have a It's too many. Right? It's we too many. Well, I'm saying, like, I don't want to regulate, right. but you will be penalized if you're not part of the group. Yes, it is, <laughs> but it's not. It's not writing the law. It's just saying that. But, okay, it's, it's okay. not writing the law. Say that you have thou shall do this. It's right. saying if you you have the option right. to not do it, but if you do not, then like the same thing you do in a place that checks for emissions. Yeah. Then you have yeah. to pay some fine for those emissions. You have an overhead yeah. where if you're going, if you're polluting more than yeah. yeah. No, I mean your footprint. Sense. You're responsible for your footprint. Yeah. But you know yeah, the I mean, thing is, is you know before we turn all the filament into California. Um, you know, we, we start... My filament, my footprint. But, right. But imagine, but, just imagine you know, one second, I'm going to let you get that. Just one second. Just, just humor me, just one second. I humor you all the time. Just, just imagine, <laughs> just imagine if you could take any filament, no matter the color, and it went and it was the same. Essentially, it's the same other than the dye. Yeah. Other than the thing that gives the pigmentation. That's the only thing that's different. I could if I could send those things to any company and that company can mm-hmm. dump it into a magic machine and the magic machine can add whatever it needs to add to give that strength that has to be for PLA, ABS, mm-hmm. or whatever that product is. Do you know how much money they could save? The profit oh, yeah. that they would make mm-hmm. if they would keep an ecosystem that would do that. Instead of, hey, I want a proprietary this. And corner the market. Mm-hmm. Corner the market is ain't doing nothing but filling up the, the rivers and the ocean over there by India. Yeah. Yeah. With but, stuff that but people can't go ahead. I, I just <laughs> had to say that. Well, the thing is, is if you think about it, that majority of the filament that you can buy on Amazon and other places is not made in the U.S. Um, so that's where it turns into the issue of having to have a global standard. Yeah. That's and, why I said ISO. And I can tell you a bunch of countries that don't follow that. Yeah, um, yeah. it's true. But so you know that's where your problem lies. And then the thing is, if anybody wants to skirt the ISO standard, they have it produced there and they bring it back. Um, yeah. But there, there's there's ways around that too. There are countries that try to do things with blood diamonds, right? Yeah. And for the most part, yeah, they can do things in the black market. But if yeah. I want to be a legitimate company, then. No one has frowned yeah. upon. Well, the good thing is, yeah. is like I've been. I was kind of. I think it's. I think it's called like my. We'll get to our topic of the week eventually. Um, it's, I think it's a company called My Filament. I saw them on on, on YouTube okay. the other day. I was looking, mm-hmm. looking at them. They're a U.S. based company, mm-hmm. and they said, "Okay, cool. This is what we're gonna do. They're gonna. They're eventually going to get the cost per roll down to ten dollars a roll, made here in the U.S. However, the first thing they're gonna release is clear. Like why? Because that is the original color that PLA comes in. Yep. Mm-hmm. And they want, they're like, we want our people, our customers to audit us. Tell us where we're screwing up at. Send us back the information. Let us improve and let us build on this. And then they're going to slowly but sure, and they have their own print farm, so they utilize their own print farm. You know, a lot. the good thing is about most of your U.S. manufacturers, and I know we do see some in the, the, the Chinese market, you know, that if they mm-hmm. produce their own parts, they have a pretty good, you mm-hmm. know, um, uh, filament. 
mm-hmm. pretty much like if now if you go to Czech Republic, you start getting into Prusa Research and Prusa Filament and stuff like that, where and, and you know they, they produce their own stuff. That I think known for quality, right. though. I, I think they if are. you if the if the company produces parts or produces prints with the filament that they make, it produces a higher quality filament because you have to use it yourself. Yeah, I think that's the. I think that's. The <laughs> yep, because you're quality I mean, control. Right. Yeah, I think that's that's the thing is like, that's exactly right. You become the quality control, and if yeah. you have to use it, you need to make sure it works. And you have to find your own recycling but, function yeah. because you ain't gonna you know throw it all back into the you know into the bin. I mean, I think currently there's not. So first off, there's not a standard like that, of course, which is why we're in the state. I think in a lot of cases too, people use so many different. They use more chemicals to make these colors and things like that. And it becomes a, a dangerous thing. Like if you mix two things that um, are Great. PLA and mm-hmm. they use like a, a different chemical or reactive chemicals to make the color that they have and you put them together, you, you might cause some unintended right. chemical reactions. But like, yeah, I mean, that's, that's, but that's the point. You, you avoid, you avoid, it's, it's safer. You, you make it more sustainable because you're making exactly what you need instead of making a, a lot of everything. So mm-hmm. you have it. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I mean, it's, it, to me, it, it, it needs to be done. It needs to be a standard. It, like, I so, agree. So I, here's the argument. Pellets or rolls? I say uh, I say if we got rid of rolls yeah. and we went to pellets, standardized the pigmentation. So here's the standard color for pigmentation, just like a sort of like a copier or sort of like a printer. Mm-hmm. It has some things that make the color. Yeah, right. we have these base colors, but the base is the same. Everybody has the same base pellets. I think the pellets work better. You go to a mm-hmm. pellet system that works somehow, where it can it can generate. Maybe the maybe the plastic is just molten, and we use a heated jacket hose, and a heated jacket hose delivers the material to the heated the hot end, yeah. and you get everything, and you get rid of the roll. So I can mm-hmm. just basically have a container. That dumps in the pellets. The pellets do what they need to do. I get molten material. The molten material with a with a servo and some type of uh, system auger system to to mm-hmm. push it. So yeah. basically, we would take injection molding principles yeah. and turn it into three D printing. You know, and that's where I think we finally hit a point where we can, you know, take the the filament conversation and run right into. The um, the controller you know side of the house because you start dealing with you know fil- with um, pellet- pelletization of your filaments and stuff like that and you start having to have more motors for auger movements and stuff like that so you have to have a larger MCU mm-hmm. um, you know and the good thing about that is technically if you look at it cost per pound your cost per pound for filament is cheaper by the kilo than it is per kilo of a roll. And it, all it is is just a minute, little additive. However, that's when you start getting into the fun part of, you know, when you start doing your, your, your CF additive and stuff like that, which might be easier. But you're, um, when you start really talking about your MCU configuration, that's when it gets going to be kind of interesting. Because, you know, most of us are using Clipper. Most of us are familiar with the Clipper ecosystem. Mm-hmm. And I don't think there's anything in the Clipper configuration that tells me to turn my auger on. Um, well, you can put it in. Hi- however... 
I mean, that's considered the extruder. Which I, I think you can you can you can treat it like it's C sharp and like yeah. name name yeah. some things and and kind kind of make yeah. it. I, it wouldn't be perfect, but but you you can treat. But it. I think but it's there's some smart guys that yeah. came up with Clipper didn't exist right a couple of years ago, right? Yeah. But and everybody was using Marlin. Yeah. Marlin, yeah. And then they came up with Clipper and look at the advanced advanced things they did with Clipper. Mm-hmm. I, I think it's a. I think all it is is a, is a an extruder because I think they look at the ex, the auger as an extruder, mm-hmm. um, and then they go that way. Everything's piped in via vacuum, um, into the hot end, which you know for me honestly one of these days sometime over the rainbow I guess, um, will eventually build because they have open source plans to build you know an auger type. Um, you know, 3D printer, uh, you know, nozzles and stuff like that, and actually, you know, um, uh, use pellets. Yeah. Well, see, a lot of times you start talking about like robotic, robotic right. 3D printing. You're talking start start talking. Well, about here's pellets. the thing: is I don't know if you ever dealt with gluing systems. A little bit. So, so basically, gluing system has some of the same properties of plastic. Yeah. Elastic. Elastic. Elastometers, I think. Yeah. Elastometers. Here's the thing: if I have a heated jacket. That's over a hose. Mm-hmm. I can have my my system that's delivering the material just to the hot. We don't change nothing with the hot end. By the time it gets to the hot end, it's cooled enough because of the jacket. So, well, let me take that back. The hot end will change because we don't need the gearing now. Mm-hmm. So we get rid of the gearing. So it, it would be actually another motor at the head. Mm-hmm. And it will be a motor that's delivering the material from the auger. And this this can all be servo controlled. Now getting yeah. feedback, yeah. and I can control the rate at which I put down that bead of material. Mm-hmm. I can also do some things with pressure inside of this hose, and I keep a consistent pressure to get a certain amount of nominal flow mm-hmm. of that material going, which yeah. means the head can move faster because I have a servo that can keep up with the co- the motion control system. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think, I mean, we, we kind of dove right into the MCU talk and kind of talk about control units and stuff like that. I mean, that's, so this is microcontrol, microcontroller, so, I mean, at the end of the day, what you were saying, Nick, is, is totally possible. You, mm-hmm. you can add as many sensors as you really want to this. Right. You have... There's there are things on the back end when we made our we we did our Git repository pull, mm-hmm. um, we pulled a set environment list and that that's where a lot of those things are generically set. We we have a lot of generic like names for mm-hmm. things in there. So, I, dude, we pop, we could do we can make it check anything really. Yeah. At the end of the day, but we when we boil it down to like we're talking about microcontrollers. We, yeah, we are focused on three D printing, so we we're looking for microcontrollers that have motor connections. That may possibly GPIO pins. Um, we're looking at a connection, a serial port to connect to the printer. Mm-hmm. We're looking at possibly, possibly internet jack. If not, you're using a Raspberry Pi or something that that's mm-hmm. using the internet. Um, and that's what the serial uh, connections to. These are the basics that I would say you need for it. Uh, one thing, one thing that I immediately thought about was the software side of things mm-hmm. and, and kind of why we would need that. Um, what did what did your Ender three or my Ender three come with, uh, when it, uh, the motherboard or the MCU when it first came in? What my end? 
Yeah, so it came with Marlin, but it was a 4.2.2 board. Right. And there's a reason that we wanted to upgrade Silent the Stepper. Four point, yeah, so the Silent Stepper is one of those things because it's got drivers um, that, that, you know, your standard didn't have. But there's a, uh, the CPU was the big difference. Mm, right. 8-bit versus 32-bit. And now all of our printers now are coming standard 32-bit because it takes so much processing power to do the movements that mm. we need to do that it's it's... It's it's become a standard. So like we talk about those inputs, thirty-two yeah. bit CPU is a requirement yeah. too. So now I'm gonna blow your mind. I, I'll blow your mind. We we we're talking about MCUs, and microcontrollers are good for certain applications. Mm-hmm. So if we're talking prosumers, we're not talking hobbyists, mm-hmm. right? Why is it not possible to take a micro? PLC, so like a S7-1200. Like a click and stuff like that, too? You can. No. You, you make take it work with it? You take an S7-1200. Yeah. You have a servo controller mm-hmm. that talks through a, a data. You know, it sends data. Mm-hmm. The servo controller does all the motion control. Mm-hmm. The PLC, which is the S7-1200, or you can use uh, Alan Bradley's uh, setup, you know, MicroLogix. But it has way more computational power for that type of thing, far mm-hmm. as being a traffic cop. Yeah, and, and it's pretty simple to set up. And the new twelve hundreds, if I'm not mistaken, um, I think already have the logic controller on board to understand G code. Yep. Um, I think that's why I that was that was that was yeah. the last. I think what was it the uh, the twelve hundred dot one update. That they did to the Siemens controllers it was twelve hundred dot one included the the G code manipulator on board, which is actually pretty cool if you haven't played with it. Um, but you know, the one thing that you know, and I, I love the idea honestly. Um, I, I think the one thing where you get kind of you know some of the fun is because technically, if you really wired it correctly, because I believe it's Siemens that has a uh, CAN bus attachment. Yeah, you can do CAN bus, so, but, but it's the, not necessary because PropNet. You, right. You don't, you don't need the but CAN bus for this reason. The, the reason why I say that, and the, the only reason I say that is because sometimes your, your hot ends, if you're, not driving, if you're not driving the extrusion process, like the extrusion uh, fan, so like that, it's all over CAN bus but you to don't reduce you don't, the load. So here's the thing. You don't need it right. because if I go to a servo system, right. the servo has feedback. I don't need uh, something to do something with CAN. You can. I'm not saying you can't use CAN bus. Yeah. CAN bus is an excellent system for back, like, microcontrollers. Yeah. Yeah. If you have a microcontroller-based system, you want CAN bus. But if you're using a, a PLC or yeah. anything <laughs> like that, or servo <laughs> controllers, you want profit in it. You, you want something that has the capability of handling big chunks of data, mm-hmm. and you're getting feedback. Right. You're, you're getting real-time feedback from a servo that can adjust itself. Yeah. And that servo accuracy is way better than any step oh, yeah. motor. A step motor cannot even get close, not even in the same realm. Yeah, you're talking I, robot yeah. control. Oh, I know. Yeah. I, I, I know what you mean. Yeah, I definitely. think we've talked about yeah. the difference before, but, I mean, so actually looking at uh, if nobody, if, 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 you know, listeners aren't sure about the difference between servo and stepper, like it's, it's, it's like having a, if you're familiar with sine waves, it's like having mm-hmm. a sawtooth versus the whole sine wave. Mm-hmm. Like you're not going to get that full movement. It's, 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 uh, you, you can't get the full movement unless you work with, you know, continual, you change the step pattern. It's, it's called a stepper motor for a reason. It's, yeah. a, it's a clear step. 
So I, I mean, at the end of the day, if, if your robots are you know getting ran by a PLC and they're using their servo motors, I think it makes sense. But I, I, if you if you want to take readings off of that hot end, you want to make sure that your extrusion ratio and your your flow is right. You're probably going to need to take readings at the at the extruder Still too. Can. The PLC for us IO yeah. is an IO monster. As long as it, yeah. See, and that's yeah. the thing. That's, it can do that's analog, why I brought up it can do discrete or exactly. it can do analog. It can do yeah. it can do pulses. It yeah. can do pulse counting. The, the, that that's the beauty of a PLC. It has a microcontroller in it, but that mm -hmm. system. Yeah. Is able to it's do more a lot more things than a microcontroller. Now we're getting out of the realm of hobbyists. We're, yeah. we're talking about super. What you're telling me that you know people don't have a Kuka robot in their in their living room, just getting them like sandwiches out the fridge or beers? Well, and that's hey, where's that ever been? Yeah, here's yeah, here's right. the go. Here you go. Here's the update. Uh, Kuka Island gets you the beer out of the fridge. I could get a Yaskawa. <laughs> I could get a Yaskawa robot. Throw it to me. <laughs> controller and robot that can handle multiple robots. Oh, okay. And now yeah, I can yeah. also bridge yeah, the gap with that. communications yeah. between that, the servo controllers, yeah. the mechanisms that you want to do, the things with the 3D printing, and far as the, the, X, the Core X system, I got a robot. Basically, yeah, you don't need to. You don't have to worry about correct. And I can yeah. make any movement I want to make. I can make exotic it, movements. It I would can, be more like the Delta robots yeah. that you see because yeah. the, because of the six degrees of freedom. Right. When we talk about our our standard printer that we have at our house, we're, we're we don't have the same. It's yeah. three degrees. That's it. The six degrees of motion yeah. like that, printing yeah, and being tall. able to pr uh, uh, process the right. G code for that. Y you're absolutely. I don't know if a thirty-two bit would. I mean, it would probably do it, but it would mm -hmm. chug along, and your print's going to be slow. Um, but if you have a PLC with a with yeah. a more with an HMI or something that's more powerful, it, of right. course, there's no there, like the sky's limit. That's why they're building houses and stuff so, like that. With, so, with so here's printers. the thing: I pay Edwards Advocate. Now let's get back on on point. Well, the thing is, is you know that's the MCUs can be stacked. Yeah, yes. they can. They, and the thing is, is you know, for me, when it you came also, down, oh, I'm sorry, go ahead. When it came down to the Voron, that's where I went to Canvas. Because for me, it was reducing wire streams, you know, wire loads, you know, and stuff yeah, like that. That umbilical cord that's just sticking out now. <laughs> right. So, but it's easier to do, like, I, I'll tell you one thing. It's every, every time I do a hot end change, I, I change my hot end out, you know, for a mosquito. And it was so easy. It was, mm -hmm. I didn't have to, I didn't have to pull a bunch of crap apart. I didn't have to go unwire my printer. Mm -hmm. I, I pulled about, you know, this guy. three inches worth of wire out of the printer and just put three inches of wire back in the printer with everything attached to it. Yeah, try to do all that with a <laughs> mini stealth burner, not a, not a normal or afterburner, not a normal. The, the, the baby one, I can't move, like I got to take everything apart to put back together. So, so Chet was talking to the GPU. Yeah. So basically most modern cars have multiple microcontrollers in them. Mm -hmm. via CAN bus these systems talk so you could essentially have a controller for just the heating and the temperature and all of yeah. the signals mm -hmm. yeah and you could have a MCU for just the motion control yeah and 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 by separating the two and having two boards that communicate via CAN bus mm -hmm. then you could get near to what say a small uh, scale PLC could do. Yeah, yeah because the thing is, is you, a lot of that's going for big tree tech now. And this is how we're this is how we're running mostly, anyways. That's why we pulled the processing mm -hmm. off and put it on the Raspberry Pi instead mm -hmm. of putting it mm -hmm. on the MCU. The mm -hmm. MCU should just be a call and response. Yep. It should be real time. Like this is this is my reading now, mm -hmm. and and your your you know your CPU or your computer, your HMI, or whatever mm -hmm. that's recording this data should be the one that's like, okay, well, I need you to go this. I need you. You're this far out of spec. I need you to go up mm -hmm. or down. 
and the MCU should just be the, the response. Which, that, that now leads me to this question. Big Tree Tech. Yeah. Came out with a with a with a with a motherboard that has the Pi type of interface already pre built in. Mm-hmm. Really? So it's a bolt on. It's already it's included in the package when you it's buy plug it. Plug and play. It's plug and play. Mm-hmm. Everything's on the same board. You don't have to worry about multiple boards or anything like that. Everything inside of it. You know. Then, um, what is it? A couple of weeks ago, they they re- they released the Kraken. Um, the the the, the <laughs> so motherboard. Can you know the cracking is? Can you just give yeah, the the, 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 the big sea monster. The, 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 yeah, <laughs> the size of the sea monster. Yeah. yeah. Um, the for the big tree tech, uh, cracking. Uh, it was it's built for the new Voron printer that's coming out next year. Okay. Um, oh, the, yeah, it's gonna be it's uh, and it's gonna have four beds instead of two instead of one. And it's also gonna be all on on ball ball screw on um, ball screws. Oh, we talked about that. Yeah, we yeah we were talking about that okay. at work. Um, but the thing is, is the Kraken itself has eight driver motors on, uh, installed, it pre-installed it already. It run it's it, it, it's twenty four volt, and the and it it can handle two power supplies because a new Voron printer is gonna require two mm-hmm. power supplies mm-hmm. of the same size that's running mine, and not the twenty four volt ones in the middle. Um, that one's just for the hot end. Um, so pretty much have two printers. I wonder why they just didn't go to, you know, like you remember like the old PCs we used to build that yeah. had multi-tap um, voltages. Mm-hmm. Why didn't they just go to a forty-eight volt power supply? Well, get, get a, and then a modular, in with the 48, 48 volt power yeah. supply. Kind of like some of the you, you have these systems that well, you know that yeah. split off. Yeah, the thing, the good thing is about this this one. It is it is twenty-four volt and it's forty-eight volt compatible. Um, the only reason I think they did the two power supply on the demo model is for kickdown voltage. Um, when you start kicking down going into your, your hot ends. Because your hot end can't handle, the hot end board itself cannot handle 48 volts. Yeah, but they could just use a voltage. Right. They could use a voltage regular. But I think for them it was just easier to do the, yeah. that, the startup with. I don't think they, they had a 48 volt yeah. power supply available because it was right. a U.S. based printer. Um, so, you know, I think they're working on getting those developed. Yeah. So that's coming out for the new Voron. Um, it's also the, the the if you look at the Big Tree Tech Kraken, the board itself is absolutely insane. It's a monster. Mm. Yeah. What's what's it? So what's its predecessor? The octopus. That's the octopus. The thing that's it's, a, it's it's an advanced octopus. So the, um, an octopus only had six drivers, right? Right. Six so spots. I think you can still pull it up on Big Tree Tech. So if you look up, I know you're sitting, since you're sitting in front of your computer, look up Big Tree Tech Kraken. The uh, and I hate to hijack it with this nerd stuff, but it's a it's a board mm-hmm. that takes everything everybody's wanted pretty much and made it an oversized board and says here you go. Yeah, see, see it, it's not I like I don't like I don't like the I gotta have two power supplies because well all I think that was only for I think that was only for the demo. Oh, okay. uh, I, I don't they haven't released the BOM yet. The BOM for the Voron printer is coming out right. um, towards the end of the year, and they're still working on that to get it down to one power supply. Oh, okay. okay. So they're still they're still working on it. Yeah. Um, However, it can, the the board itself can handle two power supplies. It has okay. the it has the ability to do a kickdown voltage if needed, okay. um, which is absolutely it's awesome. And it just just curious, just keep on this track. Like my, from what I've seen, from even industrial or even commercial or even the PC base, you can simply put in voltage regulators. Yeah. And the voltage regulator can either be a smart regulator where when I plug up a device that's uh, certain uh, impedance mm-hmm. and say, hey, this is a 12-volt device. Yeah. Hey, this is a 24-volt device. Mm-hmm. To me, it would have been nice, or it would be nice mm-hmm. if they co- incorporate a way to say, hey, I have capabilities to run uh, 48, 24 volts, but 
here's a tap for this voltage for this type of thing. Mm -hmm. Here's a tap for this voltage for this type of thing. Makes sense. Or move a jumper. Yeah. If you, you switch, you move this jumper, then you can get that configuration. Yeah. And I don't have to take up space with two power supplies. Right. Or make one big power supply that's two power supplies. Yeah, that makes sense. I, too. That's good, too. Then yeah. take up less space. Right. You know, and, and it's, it's funny because, you know, as we get into the bigger and better and stuff like that, when we start talking about machines, you know, you're, we're, we're going, we, you know, Vorons are considered hobby machines. You know, well, prosumer machines, I think now is what we're really calling them. Um, but you start getting into, you know, some of your commercialized printers. But then you really start getting into the fun of when you start getting. I think, I think it's called Manta. Oh, no, no, that's not it yet. Well, this one's got a whole bunch more than the Octopus, though, but. But um, I, I didn't see any pictures of it, but, I mean, they're coming with the ability for you to load Linux onto the board, the MCU. So this this has the ability to run your Linux environment if you want to do, a, a, like, a GUI environment. You mm -hmm. can run one. Uh, it's probably going to be some type of form of ARM being, like, a, yeah. a, a Linux or yeah, something like that. To be honest with you, is to, today it's not even necessary to have a Raspberry Pi. And I, I'm a big proponent no. of Raspberry Pi. You can get a thin client, and a thin client is 10 times powerful than a Raspberry Pi. Yeah, yeah. I'm, you know, I'm going to be very honest with you. I have an Orange Pi. It's, 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 uh, there's a reason the it kind of benchmarks is similar to a Raspberry Pi, but was a little bit little bit underwhelming in some, some yeah. sorts. Uh, for what I'm doing, I don't need the power of a Raspberry like right. Pi 3B plus. Uh, Ar Arduino has already started developing their own board that does PLC control, yeah. and there is an industrial version that they have now. Okay. Yes. Well, I, say, I mean, and this is the thing, too, because we're talking about MCUs. I mean, Big Tree Tech is the one that I kind of swear by. Mm -hmm. Like, of course, of course, the Octopus is, is something that they make. It gives you more uh, uh, plug-ins for your motors. Um, the, the SKR Mini, I'm using the, the version 3 on bo uh, both of my, uh, Enders as well as my Voron. Mm -hmm. So there's a reason we use those. It's, it's about, it's about the, the architecture of the board and mm -hmm. it's about, um, ease of use. Like these pins, I got this pin out yeah, and that's, it's, it's that's, simple. That's really what it is. Cause it's like, very generic. Like, yeah. If you, if you even look at the stepper controllers that are out there that you can get, yeah. um, the stepper controllers, like I said, you just basically hook the stepper controller up, and then you can interface to the stepper controller. And you're talking about power. Not not only can it do DC, some of the some of the steppers can go, you know, just basic mm -hmm. DC. It can go 12 volts, 24 volts, yeah. 48 volts yeah. from, from a board. Yeah, and that's and that's the thing is like we we the the price because we're getting so many more transistors on the board, the prices are lowering for these MCUs. And this, Which is um, nice. these mm -hmm. control units and these these um, Raspberry Pis and things like that. So, so why yeah. does somebody try to i seven with this? Uh, you can. It's overkill, man. What? No, Listen, no, no. I'm saying like when I add the i seven, I'm, I'm, I'm adding some capability. Yeah. I don't want it for a GUI. Yeah. I want to take that i seven and figure out how to use the CNC capability and G code. Oh, you want to you want to make okay? How can I do it? That makes more sense. I was gonna say without if you're trying to just use the i7 for the same stuff that we're currently doing, no. that's like getting an F1 or an <laughs> F1 racing track just to take the highway to work. <laughs> How can I get into additive manufacturing and start doing things with metal? Yeah, no, that's the thing. That's yeah. that's uh, desktop desktop metal printing is it needs to be the the next best thing and I, right now we have lost PLA casting we mm -hmm. have CNC machining which is subtractive unfortunately I'll tell you the setup we saw it, it 
totally blew our minds. Like I yeah. said, and we kind of jumped a little bit, but additive, subtractive together. That makes sense. It's crazy. Yeah. Uh, imagine if somebody can do that. Yeah. On the level of a kitchen table. Yeah. And yeah. or the size of a microwave. Yeah. And the thing is, is to get into like pure additive, like pure metal 3D printing and stuff like that, like what we saw is what, a hundred grand for the lowest model? Yeah. Um, so, you know, people can get into it. It's expensive to get there. Um, and it's a little less messy than lost PLA casting to be honest with you. And it's, what can you do with it? Right. If I have something that's broken and I need to repair it, I can use that to repair something to build a material up and then mill it back down to spec mm-hmm. to repair something that I, I have to use on a car. Yep. Yeah. No, that makes sense. And, you know, I, I think that, you know, when you start talking about, you know, and I know we're kind of going long on the tooth, but no, we're not too bad. Um, you know, when you're talking like MCUs and stuff like that, you're talking, you know, and this is where we go back to the cost thing. You know, the cost of the MCUs that we're yeah. getting from like Big Tree Tech and a couple other places. Yeah, I can't argue with that. Are dropping. <laughs> Yeah. yeah. The prices of the the cost <laughs> of the cost of a raspberry pi is increasing. Yeah. You know, and it, it, it's weird because, you know, it's I know it's supply and demand. But we're seeing more of yeah. We're seeing a higher supply of the MCU boards mm-hmm. to feed these 3D printers that people are buying now. Because they understand what they're used for. Mm-hmm. But the thing is, they're also not just used for 3D printers. They're used for um, open source robots. They're used mm-hmm. for open source CNC machines. They're used for, you know, the dog walking robots, you know, out there that they've mm-hmm. got now the four-legged robots. Um, you know, the planes. Drones. Drones mm-hmm. and everything. They're all using all this type of stuff. So the supply is there. A steady supply is coming, mm-hmm. you know. <clears throat> but that's where it gets into the funny part of, you know, you got like Raspberry Pi over there, you know, and you know, good old England, that's still trying to figure out how to pipe out what two hundred thousand a year. Yeah, but the the thing I do give Raspberry Pi and Arduino, it actually started, you know, it was a STEM based thing right. that they came up with. And the and I think that what what they're doing is great. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. Um, Education wise, I think it, it yeah. fits. And I think they're doing it right by selling it to who they need to sell it to first. Yeah. Um, and the good thing is, is we're also seeing a lot of projects go away from the Raspberry Pi and go to the Arduino, leaving the Raspberry Pis open for STEM education. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I do like seeing that. Or a lot of people are going to the Raspberry Pi Zeros. Yeah. You know, maybe not the, 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 the you know, the, um, um, Pico's. the Picos, but they're going to the, 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 yeah, the I like, Zero. I like the Picos. The Zero Ws. Yeah. Um, the you Nanos. Know, yeah. You know, like I've been debating on building <clears throat> an own application for the vehicles because my neighborhood has a has a bad habit of people breaking into cars. Mm-hmm. Is setting you know setting one up inside of a vehicle that could wash all your windows, mm-hmm. and all you're doing is using Raspberry Pi Zero. Right. So I, I got I got a little distracted here looking at some of these MCUs and stuff from Big Tree Tech, but uh, it looks like the Kraken is fairly new. So keep keep an eye out for that, guys. If you see it coming yeah. soon, it's it's pretty crazy. It's a giant. Board. So what's what's the price point between say the Optimus? <clears throat> And you said the Manta and the, the Kraken. And the Kraken. What are we talking generally? The Kraken hasn't been released yet. I don't see. I didn't see a price point so, for the Kraken. Well, so yeah, what about the January. other two? So I guess the other two have already been released. Yes. The Manta and the, the Octopus. Yeah, let me uh, let me grab you the price point of the other two. I'm running an Octopus on on my on my Voron in there, and I think I paid eighty five. Yeah, it's not bad. Not not even eighty five on it. My joke to buy it. I've had to buy it twice. 
Um, Manta for Ender 3 is 50, $45. Hmm. If you want to get anything that's uh, bigger, it's going to come with more parts. It's, of course, it's going to be a bigger price. Let's do that HMI and stuff like that. Yeah, with the HMI, with the, with the Manta board that has internet cap- uh, capability and the stepper drivers, um, is 70, 80 bucks. 70, 79 That's affordable. That, I mean, that's, that's not bad. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, with it, it looks like a touchscreen board. It might not be touchscreen, but the it it looks like a a, a pretty good uh, uh, interface. Mm-hmm. Uh, better than the standard that you get. With yeah, I mean, it's, yeah. it's 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 that's that's really uh for the price. Mm-hmm. That's that's not bad. And see, the thing is, all those can run ROS. Uh, it, mm-hmm. it, yeah, it even says here for Clipper or OctoPrint, perfectly for your Ender three, um, and it tells you exactly what compatibility it has with uh, some of the other steppers and okay. drivers. And so, so just in case we have somebody that, well, what's ROS? Explain them in briefly. Robot operating system. Okay, there you go. Um, just say, yeah, br- br- briefly. Yeah, briefly. <laughs> we don't want to get go down the rabbit hole. But I'm just saying in case somebody listening, well, what is ROS? Yeah, it's, ro- it's, ro- it's robot well, operating well, system. It's an open source, open source. Yeah. Ro- okay. ro- uh, robot control system. This, okay. And this is like where, we, where you know, the makers kind of like operate and live is an open source. I mean, we can make things proprietary, mm-hmm. but that's not how we got to where we are. Right. 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 I, I learned things. I think there was a phrase that, I, you know, I had in, in college that came up a lot uh, when I was studying physics is, uh, Stephen Hawking, he said, uh, I'm not the smartest person that ever lived. I mm-hmm. stand on the shoulders of giants. Yeah. So, I mean, he gets he had Galileo's right. information, um, you yeah. know, <clears throat> um, Shakespeare, even t- writing literature. You take right. all the, the, the knowledge you gain mm-hmm. and build up. So and, and you get quality control built in there, too. Right. Because yeah. if you allow yeah. people to yeah. look at the source code, maybe they can yeah. figure the out thing is, you know, is other functionality. You know, work with these guys, support them, support what they're working on. You know, ROS is 100% open source, and you can work with those guys, too. Um, you know, if you have a maker that you like, that just, hey, guess what, you know, let's partner together and build something great. Yeah. You know, partner with them, you know, work through their process, both make a little bit of money, have a little bit of fun with it. Hmm. I accidentally clicked something. It's, uh, I was reading articles, and it's, you know, it's talking about mind reading, AI, and they're like, don't worry, it's non-invasive. I you, hope But not. you said mind reading, though. Right. <laughs> well, my, my was it reading, looking at your, your, your search history and go from there? No, no it's, mind it's, reading probably ugh. from like it looks like it's just they take words. brain waves. Yeah, that they've said, hey, this is the They're activity. Like, think that of this word, yeah. and then we're like, this is what your right. mind looks like, and then makes it that. That that's what it looks like. Yeah. And we'll, we'll eventually get around to AI, you know, like I said, uh, machine yeah. learning. I gotta close the laptop because uh, we'll just keep looking. Because but uh, look but, up scholarly articles. <laughs> Read them. So I'll say we'll final, final, yeah. final thoughts on just MCUs in, in general from, and we'll just go around the table. Yeah. Um, what what do you guys think, um, how far we come, We start where we started, how far we come, and where we're going? Mm. I want to go first. So where we started uh, w- w- was very hands-on and like... Yeah. I think what was the first 3D prints was RepRap was the first uh, like company or group. I don't know if mm-hmm. it's totally a company that started making them and they were using, you know, weed eater wire and trying to make things, mm-hmm. using old control units and making mm-hmm. things like very, very, um, whatever I have on hand is what gets made. Mm-hmm. Um, where we are now, um, I, I'm surprised I didn't say anything about it sooner. 
I can print my PCB board on my resin printer. So mm -hmm. that's that's where where I am now. I can make my MCU on mm -hmm. there. Well, I can't have all the same like I'd have to solder in, of course, my, yeah, we, you know, we get the components and stuff. But proof. but at the end of the day, we've gotten so far as I can make my own at the house mm -hmm. if I wanted to. Um, but there's a standard. We talked about the price point is very low now. Um, it's easy to get into your house. Uh, the I, I prefer the SKR3 mm -hmm. uh, or V3 Mini 3 mm -hmm. or whatever. I'm not sure. I, there's a couple threes in there. Mm -hmm. uh, but at the end of the day, it, it's a 32-bit motherboard. I've had nothing but success with 32-bit motherboards with mm -hmm. you know the size of the prints that I'm using. So I think on a if I th thought about it from my perspective... Um, I've been, you know, happy since I went to the silent board, you know, made, made the print quieter mm -hmm. and then made like giving the capacity to process like that should be enough for most people right there. However, we can talk about what, where, where should we go in the future? Companies like Big Tree Tech are pushing for, you know, more and more connections. Mm -hmm. Of course, we need those things so we don't have to include extra hats and get extra PCBs to, mm -hmm. you know, extend mm -hmm. the board out. But at the end of the day. Going to the future, we saw it already. You, we we split these processes because we wanted to take away some of the wear and tear. We're getting to a point where it's not that expensive to put it back on and make that processor mm -hmm. stronger. Mm -hmm. So now we're kind of getting back down to we're like the cell phone thing. Like we had cell phones that were bricks and they're getting down, 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 and they got so tiny and then they started getting bigger and bigger and bigger because now we have more information we need to put on it. Mm -hmm. So I think mm -hmm. we're at, we're, like, it's a very good analogy is we've gotten, what do I need to start printing down to a, a set, like a couple key pieces, extruders, hot end, um, <laughs> you know, a stepper motors. And then now we've started to grow in like, okay, why can't we add a couple more steppers? Okay, why can't I add another sensor to, to tap the bed? Okay, mm -hmm. why can't I add a sensor that's going to read my ambient temperature in the enclosure? So we're getting to the, that point where now everything's growing again. Mm -hmm. and I, I mean, honestly, there's still more more than one board being used for a lot of these processes, mm -hmm. but it's getting to a point where it's going to get all condensed again into one unit. So, I mean, I, that's at least what I would see. Mm -hmm. And that's, I mean, I feel like I, I don't want to speak for everybody, but yeah. that's... so. So I'm probably a little bit newer to uh, 3D printing than these guys, but I'm probably a little bit more experienced with MCUs than they are because I've been uh, dealing with these all the way back to the Motorola processors that we used in uh, uh, Allen Bradley uh, PLCs, the same ones we used in the uh, Step 7 PLC. Uh, Did Nokia or Alka, Al Alcatel, I'm not, what is it, Alcatel Lucent or something like that? I feel like they used to make PLCs too. Uh, I could see you with the Nokia phone. That's the only reason I bring no, it. No, that's it. <laughs> what, breaking concrete? Yeah. <laughs> so the, the major player as far as PLCs is, uh, hadn't really changed. Yeah, okay. So far okay. as the, the microcontrollers, the microcontrollers like Atmel, Atmel, I think it's Atmel, Atmel okay. and mm -hmm. um, Motorola and there's a few other okay. brands. But in general, um, the, the, the Motorola type or the MCUs have been at 32-bit for a long time. Mm -hmm. um, and normally when a person goes to a lower uh, bit rate, is either it's not necessary or the cost point. Yeah. Um, uh, so what I've seen from what MCU capabilities are is at we're using them different is where we are now. Mm -hmm. I think in the future what you will see is that you will have a, a MCU that will be able to have multiple MCUs in one package. Hmm. And I won't have to have so the same thing I was saying with the CAN bus system, 
I will eventually be able to have CAN bus on the chip. Yeah. And all that functionality can be in the chip. I mean, and and somewhere in the future. Yeah. You have that whole system mm-hmm. on the chip. Yeah. And then that that one unit would probably control everything. You know, everything you need, you connect to that. Yeah. I mean, I, I'll let you go here after this, but one thing I'm surprised I didn't say earlier, too, is that you remember the the uh, Wi-Fi MCU that the dongle? Uh, we were talking about connecting to the like the garage door to see if the mm-hmm. door's open or what, whatnot? Yeah, the... Um, you, can run your, you can run your printer off of that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the... Um, crap. It's I, like an ESB yeah. something... Some ESP, ESP, ESP yeah, 32s, yeah. Yeah, but I, I just watched a video today. I was like, he, he turned it on and made his Delta printer move with it. So I was like, oh, well, I guess you could use one of those too. Yeah. I mean, but but that's the thing is like, it's going to get smaller and smaller, and then you really don't need too much to make it yeah. move. Clipper doesn't require a lot of space. No. But, you know, for me, I, I guess I kind of did a, a bunch of things a little weirdly, um, to be honest with you. Um, you know, you know, was got was used to using you know Raspberry Pis, PCs, and stuff like that. You know, growing up. But you know, once I started getting the 3D printing, the first printer I got already had the silent board on board, so I didn't have to change that out much. Hmm. Um, and then lucky. <coughs> yeah. Yeah, well, the problem is, is I wasn't happy with what that board could tell me. Well, you because, also had tried 3D printing before, but not, yeah. not you specifically. You were right. It was near. Is my my <laughs> it was my 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 roommate's 3D printer, and you know we used his printer a lot. His printer did not have the silent board on board. So you knew what you didn't want. <laughs> so I knew what I could hear from the computer room to my bedroom, and I didn't want to hear that overnight. Um, so you know I went with a silent board, but the thing is, is that silent board didn't give me everything I want. You know I'm a data guy. So I want to see all of my data points I could possibly ask for and, yeah. you know, build on that. Because for me, you know, I like to learn. I like to tinker. Um, if I'm not tinkering, something's wrong. Um, so I immediately went to Clipper um, and then incorporated the Raspberry Pi into it. And then built, and this is where we go into the next generation, the second generation of, of um, um, MCUs that I'm used to is getting over to the Voron. When I built the Voron, which was a giant leap, I went to the Vor- the Octopus Voron board that they came out with for it, <clears throat> for the 2.4, mm-hmm. that had enough drivers for every single axis and um, everything else. However, it's a, it is a clipper board. And for me, I did not like the fact that I had to run cable from my hot end to back to the, the the MCU, I didn't like the travel, so I added a, um, a long reach an ESB um, CAN bus adapter to the Raspberry Pi hat that's underneath my um, uh, my, my Voron, and CAN bust it all the way back to the um, uh, the hot end. So where I think it's going, you know. Um, I think Big Tree Tech's done a good job getting us to this point of where they're going um, and further on. Is there a certain co- incorporate the um, uh, run for it, run? It's <laughs> uh, <laughs> so trying to incorporate it. <laughs> he, said, he said, don't. But hand signals continue without me. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, I couldn't let a good joke go to waste. Um, 
So, you know, the, the one thing is, is I think Big Tree Tech is doing it for us. They're incorporating, like, the Raspberry Pi into the MCU. So it's one yeah. less thing you're going to buy. That's, that's one less piece of clutter. Yeah, that's what I see with the, with when you showed the Kraken. Like, I, and you look at some of their other um, their other setups, they're, they're mm-hmm. trying to handle all that stuff. They don't want you to have to go to another, um, you know, company or something like that. Right. So. But that's where it kind of... <clears throat> Or need to go to something to figure out how that translates. Like, right. you shouldn't have to. And this is kind of also where things become overkill. Is I've seen people take the 2.4 Vorons, like what I got, and instead of, because the, they can't find a Raspberry Pi, they use a mini PC. Yeah, I tried to use a desktop. It didn't work. So I mean, it, it, it can work. Right. It, it can. Um, yeah. But you talk about overkill. Yeah, this is what I was saying. It's like you get a Ferrari to, to, to take to the post office. Like, what you doing? Man. Like, yeah, it's, you talk about, that's when Ed was talking about using the i7. Like, come on, man. You're getting, you're getting a Porsche out here. Um, to, to, what, what are you doing? You're taking your kids to school. <laughs> I mean, what, what I really would like to do is figure out how to use edge computing yeah. and use computing in the cloud. So VM well, or anything a, that's computational-wise, data... All that type of thing. I, well, I would say, yeah, I think it, we would be getting closer to that. Well, the thing is, is we're almost to an hour. But, you know, the thing is, is, yeah. Um, but the thing is, I think that's where it kind of gets kind of fun when you start dealing with Clipper. Clipper instances. Because Clipper can be ran into Docker. It can be Dockerized. However, if you ever deal with Docker, you start dealing with Docker networking, it's just terrible. Um, everything about that is not good. You should just um, do a Windows, a Linux, I'm sorry, a Linux... ISO, if you're going to try to do Docker <laughs> yeah. right now, like... Yeah. But the thing is, is there's are, there, are, there are people that are, are running um, Clipper in a um, containerized environment, mm-hmm. you know, in a virtual machine. So they're running it server-based. Right. Because so, that's so, what I wanted to do. That's what Octofarm is. It's, right. it's Octoprint and several of them. I mean, right now, Mainsail has the ability for you to switch between printers in Clipper with with the Clipper infrastructure. Mm-hmm. So like I, they can handle all the things right. really. But at the end of the day, if you want a cl- the cleanest process so that you can mm-hmm. go in and make changes and not bring all your printers down, mm-hmm. you need several of them. Yeah. Well, so when, I, when I'm saying edge computing and using the cloud, it's it's not for what's controlling what's happening with the printer. It's the data that I'm extracting Recording. from the printer yeah. to use to make the process better. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. And, and it, whether you do that localized or you use it in the cloud, what, what it gives you is the opportunity to do a, a yeah. analytics. And, and the good thing is that most of these machines can do MQTT and they can do mm-hmm. um, offloading of log files to a you know another repository. Mm-hmm. Uh, especially if you have it hooked up to the network drive, you can drop it in the network drive and keep going. Um, all the pr- most of the new printers, most of your newer, um, uh, and this is where you get you know back into your your MCUs. Most of your newer MCUs have an RJ forty five connector on there, mm-hmm. so they can be networked. Um, yeah. So you know from there, edge computing is is one thing where it's it, it actually can get pretty easy. It mm-hmm. makes sense. I don't um, think that that's very far. But the thing is, it, especially if you're dealing with multiple printers, I think yeah. that especially if you have all RJ forty five back to a node. Um, and you have them all hooked up back to a central storage device. And you have all their logs there. You throw all their logs into uh, Kibana, and you can search every single thing that's going on with your printer all day long, day in, day out, and you can eventually search it. But the good thing is, is like what he was saying, what Champ was saying about OctoFarm, is OctoFarm has all those logs already, mm-hmm. you know, if you're using OctoPrint, yeah. which I'm really hoping for 
you know, the love of all things holy, is they figure out a way to do that for Clipper. That, yeah, there's you got to code it in. It, what I've learned with with the two is that Octoprint is really a, hey, here's here's your whole Grand Slam breakfast, everything mm-hmm. that you'd need in a breakfast, and then Clipper's like, yeah, you can get eggs. You're going to have to make your eggs, though. Yeah, you, you can get some bacon. You're going to have to code that in over here. <laughs> right. But, you know, and the thing is, is, you know, one's for more hands-on. The other one's not so much. Yeah. To be honest, so, but, I, and I don't want that to restrict right. either. Either can, you can build on. You know, I don't want to see, you know, the fact that we got kids out there, you know, especially like STEM kids and stuff like that, who are extremely smart with these 3D printers, who understand Clipper, who understand all this. You know, have to, oh, I can't manage my, my print farm, so, well, I'm going to go to a bamboo. You know, because bamboo can do it all from a cl- the bamboo cloud. You know, instead of saying, hey, buy, you know, build a couple, you know, show your, show how, how well you like STEM by build, building a couple, you know, smaller Vorons and networking them all together and run them in a print farm. That Voron's going to be more accurate than that bamboo is 95% of the time. I, I think some of the problems that's going to get some blasphemy. Right. Some thing I, I see is, yeah. is we, we say true. limitations, but the limitation is the person. Right. If you want a turnkey system, yes. If you're trying to get kids to become right. engineers, then you give them that problem and say solve it. Yeah. Now, that, 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 that's what STEM should be. Not, the, not, hey, here's a kit, yeah. push the button, hey, or turn the little dial, and then the clown pops out of the box. Yeah. That's that's not it. That's not educating anybody. I hate the jack in the boxes. Now the funny part is, is you know we talk about the fact that you know we we start building software when we get bored, right? Yeah. Um, and th- this goes along with eventually somebody's going to build it, probably one of us, because we get bored too easy. Um, I got I was working on my my um, uh, paper for this class I was in, and I wrote a Python script to check my paper against the APA standard. There you go. <laughs> Because I got bored. <laughs> but, you know, the thing is, is somebody's going to build it, like you said. I think somebody's going to take Octoform and repackage it and and go from there. Because technically, they does have an Octoform plug-in for Clipper. And all it takes is someone that's Octo-Clipper. like, this is close, but not what I want. Yeah. Like, close, but not exactly right. And that's, that's kind of how Clipper, that's, you know, our slicer that we use, and mm-hmm. we're way off topic now, but... Our slicer that we use, Super Slicer, is just a, like a branch of the Prusa Slicer software that they usually use because we yeah. were like, yeah, this is this is pretty good, but let's get a couple more things in there. So, so for me, I like I say, I totally see all these things we're talking about, like you having to do this adjustment, that adjustment. It's going to go back to like when Windows was like, hey, you can customize your screen. And the reason it's going to get that way is because... Um, it's now a demand, and since it's in a demand, just like people now can get streaming by plugging yeah. in a, a Amazon device in their television and putting in a password, connect to the Wi-Fi, and let's go. Mm-hmm. That that's where three D printing is going mm-hmm. for consumers, smart printing, not for commercial, yeah. not for industrial, not yeah. for the space industry, not for military, but for education, consumers, uh, hobbyists. Prosumers, that's where it's going. It's going to be, you do a little bit of setup, and then you can either use voice recognition, or you can say, hey, type this into some AI model. Hey, AI model, can you do this? Yeah. And the AI model say, okay, this configuration works. Mm-hmm. Yes or no? You say yes, the configuration is put in place, and you go. It's going to be a plug and print system. Yeah. It should be. 
It should be. I mean, that's what everybody's going towards, and we try. We're trying to like get to a process and that everyone can kind of follow. That's why we're teaching kind of how to do these things. So, but, so, but yeah, full circle. Yeah, you know, it's everything's back to the same, yeah. back to square one again. <laughs> you know, but the thing is, is I think that um, you know, before we get too off kilter here. Um, I think that'll do it. Um, we about to hit an hour. Yeah, because so. we'll start. We're, we stopped yeah. talking about MCUs and just kept going. <laughs> well, yeah, we so, did, but we didn't. Yeah, yeah. it's kind of yeah. It's yeah. Kinda we, so, we stopped talking like MCU is this, 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 3D printing. We basically said, hey, what is it here's design? everything that encompasses yeah. MCUs. But, you know, the one thing is, is I want to leave everybody this, you know, um, at least this final thought before we get into closing, is if you do have an MCU and the MCU has an issue to it, E-waste it, bring it to an e-waste recycling location, um, and get rid of it there. Don't don't throw it in your trash. Don't do anything like that. Yeah. Bring it to e-waste. It's the same place you bring your laptop. Drop it off there, and it'll take care of it. Yeah, we'll put uh, we'll give you Ed's address so you can start sending them to him. Yeah, you know his wife would love that. <laughs> He's work, like, I'll take work it for me. <laughs> you know uh, what the scrap rate is? Hey, I know that. what to do with them. Yeah, but <laughs> there you go. You know, all in all, <laughs> I I, I want to say thank you. Um, to everybody who's listened in, y'all freaking again surprised me once again. Um, and you know we're up to twenty one ten. You know we were a little while ago we were we were fighting for we were fighting for two thousand. You know a long time ago we were fighting for one. Um, but you know we've made a little bit further than that now. Um, and you know I just want to say thank you, thank you for everything. Um, thank you for tuning in, listening. You know. Wasting your time with us. Um, you know, and we've probably got better other things better to do. But, um, you know, we want to say thank you. And we hope that, you know, y'all get something out of this just like we do. Have a little bit, have a good laugh, have a good, have some fun. Um, you know, let us know what you're working on. You know, send us a message. Let us know what y'all are working on. Um, you know, DM us, send it to us, in a, you know, whatever. And also, if you're on um, um, Discord, you'll find us also on Discord. Um, you know, Vulcan R Tech on, on, on Discord, you'll find us on there. Um, so go check us out, you know, if you see us around or, you know, say something. Um, so, you know, that, that just leads me to, you know, again, say thank you. We're definitely be working on some other things. You may see some more STEM stuff come up and also let us know, and I'm going to push this poll probably on X soon. If y'all want to, if y'all want to do it like a live stream one day, one evening, and we do like a happy hour live stream, where we just kind of talk about STEM stuff. You know, and see, and we kind of have a discussion about, you know, where it's going, you know, and, and y'all jump in and, you know, let us know what you think. I'd love to have people from all over the world join in. You know, we got, I got listeners going all over the place. So, you know, I'd really hope people would want to join in. But, you know, that's your northern. Um, you know, thank you. Um, and I'll turn it over to the guys. So, uh, I, w- I would like to issue a challenge uh, to, to our audience. Uh, all our 3D printing, uh, prosumers, consumers, uh, education, um, STEM guys. Next year, we want to do once a month a, a basically a, par- a parade of prints. So we want images of something you've printed so that we can uh, have a gallery of the mm-hmm. prints that have been done from our audience. So we can kind of, you know... Uh, see what everybody's doing. Uh, I think that's I think that's something we can do as a community. I think uh, we've grown as a community. And I think it's something that we can do to show, hey, hey, get interested in three D printing. Here's some reasons why. Here's some here's some gallery uh, images. And if you have some uh, 
prints and STL files you want to share. Hey, we can even uh, try to set up something where you guys can uh, share some STL files if you want to. We'll have to figure out the logistics of that. Um, but um, maybe something we can look at. But the gallery, I think we definitely can do. It's free marketing. Mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah. Uh, but I appreciate all the support. And uh, keep listening. Uh, yeah, same thing, guys. I, I think uh, I think you know inputs you know invaluable. We we need we need to kind of be involved with uh, the audience as much as we can. So anything you guys have, like we I wouldn't shoot anything down. You got an idea, send it our way. Uh, Discord's probably gonna e be an easy way to get it to us, but you have the website. Uh, check out Printed Heritage and those things. Of course, we've got it's that time of the year, Christmas time. Like it's easy gift to give. Uh, you can you can uh, you know get a lithophane and and you know make a nightlight if you need to and send it to your family. So it's something that um, something that's thoughtful, something that's custom, that's not too it's not going to break the bank. So check it out, see if you like anything, um, and and stay tuned, guys. We've got a few a few things coming down the pipe. So and once again, thanks. All right, y'all. Have a good one. Bye bye. That's all for this episode of Tech at Lunch. Thanks for tuning in and joining us for this tech filled lunch break. We hope you enjoy the show, and don't forget to subscribe on all channels. And also, you can find us on YouTube under Volcanar Technology Solutions. And join us for our next episode, which gets published every Wednesday at 8 a.m. All right, y'all. Have a good one. See you later.